Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, I'm Miriam, and thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. My guests today are here to talk about cooking and eating healthy with kids. Think it's impossible or don't know how to begin? Maybe you've tried endlessly and you're ready to give up. Well, don't despair because help is on the way. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit ShellBell.com for more information. Check colorful, satisfying meals off your list for the week and use your newfound free time for whatever you want. Think of Keep the Change Kitchen Collective as a virtual food hall. Find better options for each member of your family or each version of yourself all under one roof. What will you do with your reclaimed time? They hope you don't say laundry, but totally understand if you do. Visit ktckitchen.com and use code NODISHES for 20% off your first curbside order. That's ktckitchen.com code N-O-D-I-S-H-E-S. Stephen Baker is a licensed educator with more than 15 years of experience as a classroom teacher and administrator. His professional background and depth of knowledge in the agricultural and culinary space made him an ideal fit to help launch Spice Field Kitchen and develop its STEM-based curriculum, Understanding Our Community Food System. Steve spends his days working with students in school gardens, classrooms, and in the great outdoors. Ben Biebenroth trained at Johnson and Wales University, Charleston. Chef Ben Biebenroth graduated in 2004 at the top of his class, spent time traveling Australia with a French master chef, and cooked in some of Northeast Ohio's top kitchens. Since then, Ben has built Spice Hospitality Group, a mission-driven family of brands dedicated to changing how people connect with food. So welcome, both of you. Thank you. Hey, it's fantastic to be here with you and your listeners. Yes, I'm really glad you're here. I'm I'm excited to talk about, you know, um, you know, cooking and eating healthy with kids. I think a lot of parents kind of struggle with that. So we're going to get into some of that. But uh, maybe first tell us about about Spice and there's so many different aspects to it. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, so I'll take that as a just a a broad brushstroke of where we were and where we are now. You know, we started the catering company out of my grandparents' basement after I got out of the military and then went to Johnson & Wales. Um, We were very grassroots, shopped at every farmer's market, bought pretty much exclusively all of our ingredients ourselves, um, and then continued to grow that business and eventually opened Spice Kitchen and Bar at 58th and Detroit in the Gordon Square Arts District. Uh, New Year's Eve of 2012 was our first service. Uh, we ran that restaurant for a couple of years before we got the opportunity to lease land down in the Cuyahoga Valley um, on our farm, now known as Spice Acres. Uh, we started this in 2013 and quickly schools wanted to come out and volunteer labor and participate in the resurrection of this farm. So Spice Field Kitchen actually started as a grassroots movement of us just hosting South Suburban Montessori School five days a week, every five weeks for an entire school year. Um, And they would just help us with manual labor and mucking out barns and doing anything that needed done. And one of the first lessons, which was transplanting garlic around Halloween, 
was the gateway into us discovering how much we had of a STEM-based curriculum at our fingertips. When I told the teacher, hey, we need to weigh out a pound of garlic cloves and see how many are in a pound and then weigh out the total garlic cloves. And that's going to tell us six cloves per row foot, how many feet the row should be. And that's how long we're going to spread this manure for. And she just looked at me and said, uh, we're not doing this yet. And I was like, well, we're doing it today. Why now? <laughs> yeah, so, so that really kind of opened my eyes to this reality. And uh, Steve and I grew up together. We've been friends for a long time. And that was kind of the onset of uh, Spice Field Kitchen. It took a couple of years to get its feet under it. And then Steve uh, quit his day job and came on full time with us about, what was that, four years ago, Steve? Yes, sir. Has. Four wonderful years. And uh, it's never been better. He's just really applied his educational background, his intervention specialist background. And now we've been getting some really awesome grant funding and partnered into several schools. And just this is the reward of like, even in the kitchen, I love teaching. Both my parents were teachers. It's what I do every day with cooks and chefs. I teach. And uh, Steve takes that to a state standard level and a STEM-based curriculum level out in the field. And that's where I can really deploy my talents of just being kind of a dancing monkey with a saute pan and a knife. And he can make it all something digestible for the age level and grade level and then be able to show pre and post assessments around. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We've, uh, we've changed the business a lot, got rid of the restaurant, started a ghost kitchen called Keep the Change. Uh, we're opening a chain of pizza shops called Booms Pizza, kind of a better than pizza experience. And just growing the catering company, we've got a couple of awesome athletic clients right now and a lot of potential in the market to uh, just make a bigger impact. Such a great story. I mean, it really is. And, and you two are great together. You can tell. So maybe a little talk a little bit about um, Keep the Change Kitchen Collective. Sure. So when the pandemic hit, we were three quarters of the way done building our new facility which is at 5601 Tillman Avenue. It's a 9,000 square foot production kitchen with a ODA certified bulk production kitchen in the back. Um, when that happened, uh, I had a lot of money at, at risk. I knew that on the day the governor gave the shutdown orders, there was no way to take a fine dining restaurant through this pandemic. So we closed our doors the first day. It was very difficult, laid off 30 people. Uh, totally leaned into the new world. And while we were waiting for catering to catch back up again and doing our R&D around Booms Pizza, uh, my new partner, Jonathan Bennett, said, you know, we've got to have a way to be bringing in revenue until the, the world, you know, is OK to party again. And and that gave way to this ghost kitchen concept called Keep the Change. And it's basically just nutrient dense, convenient meals uh, that are easy to reheat, easy to pick up, uh, hot and ready. Um, also great grain bowls and salads that can go into a fridge and stay there for four days unscathed. Uh, so we were just trying to make it easier for people to plan ahead and be happy with the food that they had in front of them instead of being a reactive eater and ending up in the drive through It's the most unhealthy place to eat. Um, so we launched that in February of 2021, and it's been doing great. And we're really excited about the potential as we partner in with businesses like Rising Star and some of the sport teams in Cleveland. Uh, it, we know that there's a hole in the market for nutrient-dense, convenient food. It sounds perfect for, you know, busy families. As I'm, That's what I'm thinking of, you know, families and parents as everyone's, you know, so busy and running around. And like you said, oftentimes end up 
in the drive-thru because it's like, oh, we have to get to this place and then that place, or this one has to go here. And so because just out of time or convenience and end up in a place that's not, not a good place to end up, like you said. Yeah. I'm a busy parent myself. And we did a lot of uh, work with a great consultant over the lockdown period last year and came up to the conclusion of things that we already know. Time is the new currency. Starbucks app is the best customer service experience I have in my life because I talk to no one. And it's like what I need is there and it's ready and they're more respectful of my time than I am. And that's what we really had to lean into. So I oftentimes I'm feeding my daughter's volleyball team with Keep the Change. Uh, we'll take several grain bowls and salads with us on road trips. We ate it exclusively all the way down to Key West when we drove down there for vacation last oh year gosh. during lockdown. Um, and it's just like, I refuse to end up in a Hardee's and figure it out, you know? Nice Starbucks plug there, buddy. Hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm plugging convenience. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say that. Wait a minute. <laughs> I love the fact that in KTC, you can plan your meals out. I mean, literally days in advance. If I wanted to order it Thursday, I could order it right now, pick my time to pick it up and I could show up uh, and it's really super convenient. So I love that about KTC. And I like that you said, you know, the last for a few days, I mean, you could plan lunch, your kids' lunches ahead of time. Even this sounds like a great thing for, you know, school lunches and, you know, obviously family dinners. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we're seeing a lot of. Obviously, corporate is a great way for this to be delivered as well. Um, but that's what we're seeing a lot of is people ordering quite a few days in advance for dinner on Wednesday or whatever. And they're not only getting a, a roasted spatchcock chicken and sweet potatoes and greens. They're also getting a couple grain bowls and salads and tofu tons. You can see in their order, the dichotomy of it is like, oh, they're eating for this next four days on this order. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. It sounds great. Like I said, um, I'll give you my address. And if you're ever, you know, you can drop some by. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to ch uh, check this out for my family because um, I was already planning on this before you guys came on because it sounds, it sounds great. And so what, let's talk about, um, you know, families and parents that it's like, I just, I've tried everything. My kids won't eat the healthy stuff, you know, anything that looks or seems healthy, they don't want to eat it. And I know myself, even especially when my kids were younger, even now it's like, you spend all this time preparing this great, healthy, you know, meal. And then it's like, wah, 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 no one <laughs> eats it. Sure. So what are some tips you would have? Well, I'll start it off by saying healthy eaters are raised by healthy feeders. Mm -hmm. And picky eaters are raised by picky feeders. <laughs> so if there's always a default box of Tyrannosaurus nuggets in the freezer and the kids know that they can cry hard enough to get it, that's going to be the behavior that's repeated because it's rewarded. Um, my dad always used to say when we were kids, oh, you're just not hungry enough yet. And I mean, that was like, I can remember that a long time ago. But there was no other option. My mom made dinner and that was it. You didn't want it? Well, okay. Good night. Right. 
And so that's, I think we've gotten away from that kind of tough love style of parenting. And I would, the last thing I would tee up there is just getting kids involved. You know, I begrudgingly had my son making chili with me last night while he was really wanting to just play video games with his friends, but he'd had enough time. And it's just like, Hey bud, mom's out of town. I'm not feeling well. I need some help pulling this together. So you're going to make some garlic paste. You're going to cut these carrots. You know, like I kind of laid out the tasks, gave him an expectation of when it starts and when it's going to end. And he was a great helper. And five years from now, he's going to have to feed himself. And if no one teaches him, then he's going to be in the drive-thru. Yeah, I love that. And just getting them involved. And they can also see, you know, the ingredients and you can, I'm sure, have those conversations while you're preparing things, you know, as to why we eat this and this is good because and all of that. Absolutely. And that's what Baker really, Steve really does in the classroom very, very well. Much better than I do, actually. You know, this is Steve. I'm not a parent, um, but I've worked with kids my entire career. And when I, you know, using this curriculum that we have with these young folks, I mean, it's one thing to give strategies to parents. What I'm giving you is simply words. It's another thing when you're dealing with the tantrum at the kitchen table at the time. Um, it can be rough. But I'll say this, like the more these young folks, well, I say the earlier they get the opportunity to start eating fresh, healthier, nutrient-dense foods, the more likely they're going to, their palate's going to adjust to it. But even more so, if you have the opportunity to bring any bit of this into your kitchen or your backyard by growing it, you're going to build a connection to those healthier foods. So when you think about going into the summer and having some kind of garden plan, uh, where you're, even if it's just herbs in your backyard, where your kids can get there, get their hands dirty and start growing these things, they're more likely to start tasting, eating and wanting to use them in the kitchen. Well, we've seen it with our first and second and third graders that we work with. Uh, I mean, we have salad eaters now, kids that crave it from the salad bar because they've got their hands dirty growing it. Um, so I just see that that's one of the amazing strategies that can get young folks to really start getting into eating healthier, fresh foods in the kitchen with with families. Steve, I would also like to curtail that statement with proximity to the kitchen, your herb garden, and the proximity to how far away it is from the back door, the door closest to the kitchen is essential. If your herb garden's across the street, down the road, at a community garden, whatever, very infrequent use. If it's a pot of herbs or a raised bed or a little like railing box right outside your back door and that's 30 steps from the stove, you're going to find an opportunity to put herbs into way more things. Even in the rain, it's easy to pop out, grab some chives, pop back in. And that's where very awesome for the kids to start experiencing that. And just chives, thyme, rosemary, parsley, oregano. So simple, you know, and... And that's where they can kind of start to wrap their heads around flavors, aromas, leaf shape, all these different things with the simplest thing of fien herbs. It's a great idea. And it makes me think, yeah, gosh, I could, it sounds not too difficult, you know, for someone that hasn't done gardening, but like I've always said, I want to just do even some pots and things like that. Um, it just hasn't happened, but it kind of gives me some inspiration. Hey, I could just do that. Like you said, just even like on my deck and some pots, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. You can. And it's oftentimes better that way because you're getting less deer pressure, less insect pressure from being out, you know, in the yard and Mm -hmm. amidst all the other things in the in the area. Um, And most importantly, it makes it easily maintained. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be able to grab your pot of thyme and bring it in the house for the wintertime and put it in the window. 
I have friends that have actual, you know, gardens and I think it's, it's, it's amazing. It looks fabulous. And they have all of these, you know, in the row and labeled and it's, it's beautiful. Um, but I think that sometimes people might, may get intimidated when they might think that's what they have to do. You know, I have to do this whole big garden. I can't maintain it. I don't know enough, but you know, like you're saying, no, 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 you can just do some pots in your backyard or on your deck or your patio. And like you said, it's easy to maintain. You can bring them in and out, just grab it. So that's a great, those are great ideas. Yeah. Way less weed pressure, especially if you're using bagged topsoil, those, that is usually composted to alleviate all weeds. You know, you put some parsley out in the middle of your yard, guess what comes right behind it? Grass <laughs> and dandelions, right? So you got to right. be out there every three days pulling weeds. So as we talked about time being the new currency, if we want to reserve time for the more qualitative actions in our lives, teaching and nurturing our children, eating together as a family, well, we probably don't want to put an enormous steep hill of learning how to garden and farm in front of that time. So just getting a little bit of culinary connectivity to the soil is so simple when it's right outside the back door. No, absolutely. And there's a lot of real simple, easy ways to do it. And you can grow pretty much any, uh, you know, anything that doesn't require to be pollinated can be grown. You can have potatoes in a south facing window of your kitchen. Um, and as simple as just putting a potato in a bucket of dirt and just keeping it moist. Uh, and you can have taters it come out of your own kitchen. Uh, there's simple, easy ways to do that. Uh, and that's what I really love about all this is because I really get into the DIY aspect of doing everything uh, simply and easily. Um, and that's what I like to teach families and students. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, as you're talking in like the pot with the potatoes and just the herbs, I'm thinking like how kids would probably love to watch that and feel like they're, they're responsible for that, you know, helping grow that. Absolutely. I mean, I still have students, I, I give away pots of cilantro at the beginning of the school uh -huh. year. And I still have students that are, you know, giving me updates about where their cilantro is and uh -huh. whether it's starting to go to seed right now and then what they can do with the seeds. And these are first and second graders. I receive the most compliments on my outfits when I'm wearing something from Shell Bell Boutique. Shop Shell Bell and you're supporting a locally and female owned business. Shell Bell opened in September of 2020 and they carry many popular brands such as Fate, Vintage Havana, Vegan Warehouse, Can Can, Mono B, Nikki Bicky, and Aloha. The boutique also includes SB Girl, fashions and accessories for girls sizes 6 to 14. Shell Bell is located at 334 East Garfield Road in Aurora, Ohio. If you're not local, you can shop shellbell.com. That's S-C-H-E-L-L-B-E-L-L.com. New styles are arriving daily, and you can check out Shell Bell on Facebook and Instagram and contact the boutique to book your private after-hours sip and shop. That's shellbell.com, 330-954-8400. What about parents that say, I think there's this, you know, you tell me if it's a myth or not, you know, that it's just, it's too expensive, you know, to just eat super healthy or I get all these healthy, you know, ingredients and end up throwing, you know, a lot of it away. It's just, it's just cheaper to eat, which is also a marketing gimmick. I mean, it is cheaper to eat, you know, garbage. Um, but what would you, what would you say to parents that kind of have that thought, you know, it's just too expensive to eat so healthy? Oh man, I'm holding back my soapbox real hard. Right I, I say, well, no, let's no. just jump on the food. Let's jump on the food hacks thing. Let's take your normal comfort foods and adding just small amounts of more nutritious, nutrient dense stuff in it, like we do with ramen, Ben. Oh yeah, I mean, I had that. this conversation with my 13 year old son 
all the time. I am a chef. I have a nutrition background. My dad was a 35-year health teacher and triathlete. And my son's favorite food is ramen cups, right? So like, this is a thing. It's it's easy. It's satiating. And I'm constantly on. I'm like, dude, throw a couple leaves of spinach in there, a little bit of an egg, you know, like you can do this. You can make it yeah. simpler and more nutritious. And Steve does a great job of that. So there's two real big factors. Number one, age of a of a student. The younger they are, the more apt their palate is to only appreciating sweet foods. Number two, sociographic and demographic. Where you live, what your economic background is, and what foods you associate with number one, belonging, and number two, being nutritious and delicious. So we have to take these things into account. Oftentimes we'll say, hey, we're doing kale today, kids. Who here likes kale? Crickets. No one, right? Then it's like, okay, who likes bacon and honey? Oh my God, everyone likes bacon and honey. Well, what do you know? We're doing a kale salad with a bacon honey vinaigrette. You're going to love it. Because we know these kids are first graders. Maybe they're from the inner city. They don't eat a lot of kale, right? They certainly don't have a palate that is adapted to bitter foods. They have a palate because they're younger, that is dominated by sweet receptors. So we've got to sneak in the nutrient-dense foods behind something sweet and satiating. I mean, I simple, I mean, something as simple as just take, having a bag of whole wheat flour around to add something like that to your pancake mixes or something along those lines. And I only think about that because that's what I'm doing currently with the kiddos, is just mm. those ways that you add more nutrient-dense stuff into what you currently already make in your kitchen on a regular basis. Yeah, I talk a lot with my son because he's an athlete and so is my daughter about the the secret of processed foods, right? It's called the bliss point, fat, sugar, and salt. And food manufacturers and fast food companies have figured this out years ago, right? Where you can have a nutrient devoid product that tricks your body into feeling totally satiated. I'm going to throw out a filet of fish sandwich, no brand names included, right? Tons of sugar, tons of fat, tons of salt, damn near no protein or minerals or vitamins or fish or fish for that matter. So you can take something and look at that and exactly the antithesis of that and say, okay, fat, sugar, and salt is what my body is being tricked into wanting. Well, what does my body actually need? Healthy fats, fiber, and protein. These are the things that enable a great probiotic balance in the gut, right? A great amount of protein enables cell division and or growth, right? And you need salt for your neurons to fire. You don't need sodium, right? You need, you need healthy salts. So these things, if I'm constantly telling Burke, like, hey, when you're raiding the pantry for snacks and you're walking upstairs with like gummy bears and chips... Your body is telling you, I want fuel and sugar will fuel it for a very short period of time. But what it actually needs is long range fuel, fiber, proteins and fats. So trying to get him into a page of like, dude, just make yourself a piece of avocado toast. I'm not saying don't get the gummy bears, but I'm saying pay attention to the building blocks of nutrition and cell division, which is what your body's going through right now. Knowing where you are helps you know what you need. And, and Steve does a great job of kind of tailoring this curriculum per age group 
to the classroom and to the content of what the class is. Are these behavioral kids? Are these advanced STEM third graders? Are, you know, are these middle schoolers that are doing an entrepreneur's project? All of that dictates different curriculum. Sure. And then the most important thing is making it fun and interactive with them because the more they engage in it, the more they're going to love it. And the more they love it, the more they're willing to try things. Um, you know, one of the things we really th emphasize with our students is trying new things, new foods all the time. Uh, just encouraging them to be brave, to taste something that they've never had before. They don't know if they like it. They already they automatically assume that they don't. Uh, but we always celebrate the fact that they tried it. Even if they try it and they absolutely hate it, they talk about why they don't like it. Uh, Bennett, you know, forces them to talk about, is it a texture thing? Is it a flavor thing? Um, and we try to help them understand why they don't like those super things, but they also then are celebrated for trying something new. And then they're ultimately willing to keep trying things new so that they figure out something that they like. And that trying something that's weird or strange and they think they won't like isn't so, uh, you know, so fearful for them. Yeah, it's also what the basis of what we encourage kids to uh, how to communicate with us after trying foods. Right. Like we often say, hey, we'd like you to use culinary words to describe your experience of eating this dish. I don't want to hear that it's yucky or that it's gross or that it's nasty because I'm a chef and I can't do anything to fix yucky, nasty, and gross. Now, if you tell me it's bitter, well, I can add honey and acid to that and I can round that bitterness out. If you tell me it's slippery, I can cook it less to make it more crunchy, right? So getting kids to think along the lines of culinary descriptors instead of these, these kind of like words that promote aversions to food, right? M most common thing, mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. Well, you don't, it's not that you don't like mushrooms. You don't like what somebody did to mushrooms. Uh, that was me, by the way. I, <laughs> I, I was that person. <laughs> and it's okay, Steve. <laughs> I know. I know it is. It's a texture thing. It is. So how do we overcome that? Well, one way, especially if we have young students out here, I give them like a shiitake. I'll go pick one off the of logs and be like, here, pass this around. Check out these gills. Look at this stem. Isn't it a cool cap? Look at how the edge of the cap rolls over. If you're quiet in the morning and you watch them at sunrise, you can actually watch the spores drift off of them. And now all of a sudden these kids are approaching this thing with wonder and curiosity. And it's nothing about, I don't like mushrooms anymore. It's, it's more about understanding this thing as an organism, as a part of the ecosystem. I think that drops the guard a bit when you say Steve. Uh, I agree. And then a lot of people, like I've had two experiences in the last two months that were folks, these are adults, have the same issues with mushrooms. And most of their, just like me, my experience was the can of mushrooms in the liquid that came out of pizza, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. I had no idea what a shiitake tastes like, mayatake, any of those things. The texture is different. The flavors are different. And, and just understanding that and being made aware of that changed my whole view about mushrooms. Let's be real. Meal planning is harder than it needs to be. Shopping, prep, and cleanup are always a bigger project in real life than on Pinterest. Keep the Change Kitchen Collective is here to help. They know that time is the most valuable currency for busy parents, and the choice between a pile of dishes and subpar carryout often feels like a lose-lose. Consider Keep the Change, a virtual food hall where you can find better than options for each member of your family or each version of yourself 
all under one roof. Think roasted chicken dinners with colorful sides, inventive Asian noodles and rice, and crave-worthy chicken tenders and wings. Their nutrient-dense salads and grain bowls are built to last in the fridge, so you can check lunches off your list too. Visit ktckitchen.com to explore their menu and use code NODISHES for 20% off your first curbside order. That's ktckitchen.com, code NODISHES. What about, I have a question for you as you were talking about, you know, adding and, and saying, you know, kid, I don't like this. Well, we're going to add this and this, and, you know, and then they, uh, surprise, they end up liking it. You know, like you even have, you know, mac and cheese with butternut squash, which sounds delicious, by the way. Um, so they might say, I don't, ew, I don't like squash, but then, you know, you add it with mac and cheese and they probably love it. Do you think that parents should, because, you know, I think there was that whole, Thing, you know, a while back and there were several books, you know, where you, you know, sneak the healthy ingredients, you know, in, I'm going to guess that you guys probably don't say sneak it in, but tell them like, this is what we're putting in and you like it. Yeah. I mean, we want, we don't, we don't need more mystery around right. food, right? Like kids are shoveling crap into their mouths that they have no idea what's in there. <laughs> And they're doing it at a rabbit's pace, just blindly answering to their glucose coaster, right? You say this all the time, like the great glucose coaster. What'd you wake <laughs> up to? Pop-Tarts. I bet you yeah. feel like crap and you have a terrible attitude at 1030, right? Like I know that because I know how sugar is absor absorbed in the bloodstream. And <clears throat> the mystery behind food, I think, is what got us into this state, mm. We've, we've had this generational separation from the act of feeding ourselves and the act of growing food for ourselves. And, you know, that was a big part of the mission of Spice Acres. It's why we raised hogs. We wanted to take cooks out of the kitchen and bring them into the farm and kill pigs on farm. Not to be violent, but to give them appreciation for the fact that a pork chop was a life. A bacon is a life. And once you see that happen, once you were the one that wielded the knife, it changes everything about how you think about animal protein. And most of the times when we were doing this exercise, people had never killed anything, not even a fish. So I would have to have cooks like come out here, watch a video of this happening so that when it happens, you don't go into shock because like there's blades, there's animals, there's things that can happen. And the appreciation after going through a tough thing like that was what I saw developing in my staff, the appreciation for life, the appreciation for effort. Now, if I kept that process a mystery to them, if I was the only one driving a trailer full of pigs to the slaughterhouse and it just showed up as cryovac meat, well, that's just continuing the existence of generational gap of knowledge. So I think when we talk about sneaking things in like butternut squash puree into our mac and cheese, we're doing that for economics and nutrient density. We're not doing it to be devious, you know? Yeah. And I also, I'm not a fan of the sneaking in. Uh, again, when it comes down to being open about what's in, what you're making and then cultivating that ability for a young person to be strong and brave enough to try it, even though they know there's something in there they just might not like, <laughs> uh, you know, and it turns out. 95% of the time they're into it. Um, especially with that butternut squash, mac and cheese, which is like what? Almost 70% butternut squash in there. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Uh, it's incredible. And you wouldn't even be able to tell by the way, 
when you get it yourself, you'll you'll see what I mean. I will be getting that. <laughs> oh, it was great, great talking to you both. Um, really, a lot of great information and. I know you inspired me to, you know, just even kick it up a notch as far as the healthy cooking and eating. I think I do fairly well, but I'm like, oh, I have a lot of room for improvement. And just, you know, to even start some of the things we mentioned, you know, on my deck, some pots of things and incorporate that, um, that we've grown. And I'm definitely going to um, get try the Keep the Change Kitchen Collective, and I want to come out to the the Spice Acres, and so I'm, I'm very inspired. So um, I'm hoping, and, and I'm positive that the listeners will be also. So how can we find you know all of the Spice brands? Uh, you can go to Spice Hospitality Group or SpiceHeadquarters.com. Uh, we have a pretty robust website there, and you'll have a pathway to each of that. And you can find Steve at SpiceFieldKitchen.org. Uh, or in one of the many schools that we're partnered into. And uh, yeah, you know, the reality of it is, is we're changing the way people connect to food. But I firmly believe that the number one thing we can do to save this species is to start taking more ownership over our communities and our cuisine. And we cannot have healthy communities without healthy kids and without those healthy kids eating a healthy, balanced diet. And this is this is where the change starts at the ground. Yeah, I, I I think especially you know now more than ever. I think hopefully some of us, many of us, have realized that it does matter. You know, our health does matter, and we do have some control, a lot of control, more than people think maybe over. Um, you know, fighting off some things, and you know, not one hundred percent control, obviously, but we we have some say in some things, and and some things, you know, even there are some medications, and I'm not obviously a, in the medical field, but you know, where I think some some more healthy lifestyle could replace some things, and so I think um, what you guys are doing is really important. Yep, it all starts in the gut. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really great chef tell me one time, you're going to pay for your health at the farmer's market or at the hospital. It's up to you where you put it. And, yeah. and it's the truth. You know, you said it's cheaper to eat kind of convenience, crappy foods. And I, I would argue that it's not, you know, spend yeah. 17 bucks at McDonald's or then take that same 17 bucks and spend it on rice and beans and greens. You'd eat way longer and way better uh, on the latter purchase. Yeah. And feel so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you both so much. And definitely I would encourage um, listeners to try the Keep the Change Kitchen Collective um, that we mentioned, you know, we talked about earlier in the episode quite a bit. So you can find that at the website also. And we'll put the website and all the information in the show notes also. Fantastic. So thank you both so much. You're quite welcome. It's a pleasure being here. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit ShellBell.com for more information. Check colorful, satisfying meals off your list for the week and use your newfound free time for whatever you want. Think of Keep the Change Kitchen Collective as a virtual food hall. Find better options for each member of your family or each version of yourself all under one roof. What will you do with your reclaimed time? They hope you don't say laundry, but totally understand if you do. Visit ktckitchen.com and use code NODISHES for 20% off your first curbside order. That's KTC. 
K-I-T-C-H-E-N.com, code N-O-D-I-S-H-E-S. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com, like Apparently Speaking on Facebook, and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.